It's time for the Steelman and Thune at Noon with Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Hit the guys up on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000 or shoot the guys a text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, here's Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Yes, sir. Welcome in. How you doing? It is Monday, Monday, Monday. Hope you had a great weekend, man. It's going to be a busy week. All kinds of things happening. Nick Evers announcing he is heading to the University of Oklahoma. Venables effect, Mike. Yes, right off the bat. effect. Right off the bat. Here we go. Jaden Gibson could be following. And Kobe McKenzie, are we thinking as well? Mm-hmm. There's there's a good chance. I'll say that much. There's a real good chance. Now, did you see the tweet from Nick Evers' mom earlier today? I did not. I didn't okay, see that so one. She posts a selfie that Brent Venables took with her younger daughter, who's, I mean, looking at the picture, she's probably eight or nine. But she said in the tweet, basically, look, my little girl's seen a lot of football over the last eight years of her life. Uh, she was kind of over it. It was from the official visit. The picture was in uh, Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. And she goes, look, she's seen a lot of football. She was kind of over it. She was just kind of off to the side playing on my phone. And Brent Venables went out of his way to go make sure that she felt included and felt at home. That's why Oklahoma for us, because people and relationships. And again, Mike, it goes back to the conversation we were having last week. The luxury car era in Norman is over on the recruiting front. Yeah, interesting in that Nick Evers, and we we knew he was visiting this weekend, and Jaden Gibson was as well. Nick Evers, the four-star quarterback out of Texas, who was originally a Florida commit. Now he is committed and will sign with the Sooners on Wednesday. Uh, we think there's a good chance that Jaden Gibson, the four-star wideout out of Florida, uh, who will announce Wednesday, will end up at the University of Oklahoma. And uh, there is a good chance that former Sooner commit Kobe McKenzie the linebacker out of Lubbock, Texas, who went and flipped to Texas, is going to flip back to Oklahoma and sign with the Sooners on Wednesday. So, Parker, you were talking last week like the top 15 would be nice for Oklahoma to finish up, say, somewhere in the top 15. Is it out of the question to think the Sooners might land somewhere around 10? It's not at all out of the question. And again, I think if you end up in the top 10, all things considered, Amazing. that's freaking miraculous, it is. It given is all that you've been through as a program over the last two and a half weeks. But no, at this point in time, look, Nick Evers, you got committed. You're in a really good spot with Jaden Gibson. You're in a really good spot with Kobe McKenzie. There's continual buzz that Jaron Kanak, who's currently committed to Clemson, might end up at OU as well. The, the linebacker from Kansas? OU is in a really good place with Alton Tarber, the three-star defensive lineman who just decommitted from Georgia Tech yesterday. Got Ahmad Moten a factor in. Oklahoma's suddenly back in play for Chris McClellan. There is some legitimate momentum right now for What's Oklahoma. What's going on, on uh, with Javante Barnes? Javante Barnes, man, okay. The thing with that recruitment is uh, old Muleshoe is right back in it. Of and course he is, the sleaze bag. So you, the thing to keep in mind here is that Javante Barnes is good friends with DeAndre Moore. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Moore has come out and said he's not going anywhere, right? But Javante Barnes was on an official to USC this past weekend, gave pretty rave reviews of the experience, 
And again, he has a long-standing relationship with DeMarco Murray. Those two are tight. And I can only imagine what DeMarco Murray is saying to Javante Barnes about his experience at USC. Probably some of the effect of, I mean, really? Everything he's selling you on USC about, he was selling people on... He was yeah, telling people exactly. in Oklahoma about three weeks ago. And so, so you've got to hope that DeMarco's I, I relationship think DeMarco with wins Barnes. That yeah, that's the key. It's DeMonte or uh, DeMarco Murray against Muleshoe here. And I like DeMarco Murray's odds a lot better than I like Muleshoe's odds because one of the things that Javante said about the experience was that uh, Muleshoe apologized to him for how things went down at Oklahoma and basically communicated that he had to do what was best for him and his family. And Javante made it out to sound like he understood. But at the same time, DeMarco Murray is going to read those quotes and go ham with them because there were not a whole lot of people that were more upset with Muleshoe's decision to ditch Oklahoma in the cover of night than DeMarco Murray. I don't think anybody was more pissed than Bob Stoops, but... DeMarco Murray, especially given that he has that OU DNA, he's out from that area and chose to come to Oklahoma and subsequently chose to return to his alma mater uh, to kickstart his coaching career after one year at Arizona. Yeah, DeMarco Murray was upset as well. Yeah, I don't blame him. All right, so welcome in Steelman and Thune here on a Monday. Good to have you with us as usual. Our first hour presented by Lasher Home Comfort Systems here on uh, the Ref Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans. Hope everybody had a great weekend, and we appreciate you jumping in. We've got a lot to talk about today. All right, so uh, recruiting, that is going on again. You mentioned Alton Tarver, also the uh, former committed Georgia Tech, uh, the defensive lineman being a possibility for Oklahoma. Let's talk about what's going on with the coaching staff. Uh, so we now know, obviously, Brent, the head coach. Jeff Levy is the offensive coordinator. Ted Roof is the defensive coordinator in name. Uh, also, Bill Biedenbow, DeMarco Murray, Joe John Finley, Kale Gundy coming back, uh, Miguel Chavis, and uh, Brandon Hall also on the defensive staff. And how about this turnip seed dude? Is he a, a character from a children's book? Or uh, I, Thad it turnip sure seed? sounds like it, but apparently he's legit. Yeah, he is. He is the director of player developments. Freshman transition and external affairs. He has a lot of titles, but Thad at Turnipseed, who uh, performed the same role at Clemson, and everybody raves about this guy. So is external he like a, affairs? Is that basically everything pertaining to football that doesn't happen? With I the, guess that's a very broad responsibility. Is he the new and improved Clark Stroud? I would say he's the new and drastically improved Clark Stroud. Is he going to be doing Friday uh, music videos and tweeting that out? Every I would Friday guess that's morning? a thing of the past. Probably. I, uh, I think that's getting buried. We're playing serious football right now. We're not messing around, people, doing silly little videos, okay? We're playing physical, hard-nosed Brent Venables football with a Jeff Levy offense. And speaking of uh, somebody who likes the hire, former Sooner Jason White, the uh, Heisman Trophy winner, he was on uh, he was on the Plank Show the other day and talked about uh, you know Jeff Lebby, and he likes the fact also that former Sooner Josh Heupel was uh, an influence on Jeff Lebby. You know my uh, 03, 04 season at OU, Josh Heupel was the first guy that would talk to me when I came off the field, and. You know, I love Coach Long. He was my position coach, and he taught me a, a a lot. But to have a guy that just got through playing, that played at a high level, won a national championship, to have that guy, 
you know, grab you as you come off the field and say, hey, you know, why did you throw it here? You know, they had two safeties or what did you see here? You know, that was a big help, uh, especially a guy that is such a student of a game. And to have a guy like Levy who, you know, kind of fell behind Josh Heupel, um, went with him to Florida, you know, to have a guy like that uh, learn from somebody that's so sharp in the X's and O's, he probably learned a lot. He probably took a lot from Josh. And so to have that confidence, and I thought Josh did a great job when he was here as a coach. I think that uh, the program was, um, you know, going different directions, the offense, the defense, and uh, I think he just got put in a bad situation. Uh, but he's done well since, and his offense seems to work. And obviously he, Levy has t- taken what he's learned and put it into his own scheme uh, at Ole Miss. So uh, excited to have him. I think it'll be great for the offense. I think he's going to have some twists and turns that we haven't seen before, and that's that's something we need here. By the way, Mike, it is Twitter official as of four minutes ago. Kobe McKenzie is back. Yes! He flipped back. That is awesome news for Sooner fans. Kobe McKenzie uh, is back in the fold at Oklahoma with signing day on Wednesday. So, you know what? Since Muleshoe left for uh, for California in the, in the dark of the nights and uh, went et tu brute on everybody, uh, you know, there was a lot of panic. There was a ton of panic. People are still angry. And, uh, in fact, I saw, again, the uh, tweet <laughs> – that Muleshoe sent out again over the weekend, and the OU fans just destroyed it again. I mean, absolutely destroyed it. He's not going to be able to tweet anymore. I, either that or he's got to have these tweets are protected <laughs> exactly. or something like he's that. He's going to either have know? to make his account protected, <laughs> he's going to have to shut down the replies, or he's just going to have to not tweet anymore. I mean, they're absolutely – they destroy every one of them. Ruthless. I mean, it is absolutely nonstop. And I've heard of people, you know, people need to get over this. No, they don't. Let them, let them, you know, get after the Twitter account at least for another month or so. Maybe in the new year they'll forget or at least slow down a little bit. But anyway, great to have you with us here on a Monday. So the good news today, the Sooners get a commitment. And when you get a commitment this late, Nick Evers is going to sign with Oklahoma, the four-star quarterback from Texas, dual-thread quarterback, uh, announced on Twitter his decision basically that he's going to Oklahoma this morning. And then you just get the news that Parker talked about with Kobe McKenzie, who for the longest time, how long was he committed to Oklahoma? Almost two years. He committed originally in January of 2020. Lubbock Estacado, right, for McKenzie? Lubbock Cooper. Lubbock Cooper, okay. So McKenzie is back in the fold for Oklahoma, and now you're going to wait and see if Jaden Gibson uh, announces something perhaps later today. How confident do you feel that Jaden Gibson, the four-star wideout from Florida, will end up at OU? I feel pretty dang confident. 90%? I would say 90%. Look, if Nick Evers is going to Oklahoma, I would consider the overwhelming odds to be that Jaden Gibson is going to follow. So based on everything that's happened, when you bring in Brent Venables, Sooner fans were very excited about that. The only thing that OU fans were worried about with a Brent Venables hire as head coach was what? Who are you bringing in as your O.C.? Who is the guy that most Sooner fans wanted? Jeff Lebby. The staff looks really good. Remember when Bob Stoops basically went all uh, Alfred E. Newman from Mad Magazine, what me worry? Hey, don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. It's basically what Bob's message was, and he has been on the money so far. Look, there's no guarantee they're going to win big, particularly when they go to the SEC, but it's still Oklahoma. And I think based on everything that's transpired since – 
that Sunday, bloody Sunday, it's gone very well for OU. The response has been about as good as you could have expected. It's been great is what it's been. So, signing day coming up Wednesday. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Thank you to Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems sponsoring our first hour right here on the Home of Sooner Fans of Ref Radio Network. Tim Lasher, great Sooner, great company. You could always depend on Tim Lasher to make the big field goal for you to win a game. You can depend on Lasher Home Comfort Systems to win for you when it comes to your home comfort system, heating, air, anything you're looking at, they're going to take care of it for you. The King Speaks. Yes, Barry Switzer weighing in. We'll have that coming up next here on The Ref. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Ah, uh, yes. The Sooners, ladies and gentlemen, getting some great news and recruiting today for the 2022 class. It started out this morning with Nick Evers, the four-star quarterback from Texas, who had been committed to Florida, announcing that he is uh, committed to Oklahoma. Signing day is on Wednesday. you got to feel good about that. Uh, this close to signing day since it's now a dead period time. So, uh, once again, Nick Evers, the four-star quarterback out of the state of Texas, uh, coming to Oklahoma. And Kobe McKenzie, about 12 minutes ago, sent out via Instagram and announced on Twitter as well that he is flipping back to Oklahoma, the linebacker out of Lubbock who had been committed to the Sooners for a long, long time. So, now you wait on Jaden Gibson, a four-star wideout from Florida again. For OU, you talked about uh, Javante Barnes, uh, Jaron Connect, the linebacker from Kansas who was committed to Clemson. Uh, that obviously really loves Brent Venables, uh, could be headed to the University of Oklahoma and Alton Tarver, the defensive lineman who announced that he was leaving, uh, not committing, not leaving, but decommitting from uh, Georgia Tech, and there's speculation he could wind up at Oklahoma. So a lot of things happening fast and furiously as we get ready for the early signing period, uh, which is on Wednesday, and uh, things certainly looking up today for Oklahoma. All right, uh, Barry Switzer is... The King. And Bob Stoops is next in line, of course. I, I would liken it to, like, Barry is Vito Corleone and uh, Bob Stoops is Michael Corleone right now. Not that they're involved with the crime family, of course, but you know what I'm saying. Barry Switzer has been the uh, the royalty at Oklahoma for a long, long time. And uh, what, what Bob Stoops has done to help the program since Muleshoe left for uh, Southern Cal has been unbelievable. I mean, uh, interim coach, uh, going out uh, and recruiting and making sure these guys uh, got somebody there from Oklahoma to talk to them again. I mean, it was unbelievable what Bob did. I mean, is that what yeoman's work is? Is that what he did, yeoman's work? That's Yes, I believe that is the textbook definition of yeoman's work. Yeoman uh, is involved in everything, and I guess whoever yeoman is, but that was what it was, what Bob Stoops did. Amazing. And again, uh, I love the video that Oklahoma football tweeted out over the weekend about the practice, how the players were so fired up. Again, uh, you talk about Isaiah Thomas announced on Friday, again, that he was opting out of the bowl game. So you have Isaiah Thomas, Brian Osamoah, Perion Winfrey, and uh, Nick Benito that will not be playing in the Alamo Bowl. 
Mike Leach is not happy about that. We'll hear from him later. But for the Sooners, uh, when Barry Switzer speaks, it's almost like the burning bush, you know, in some ways. And Barry Switzer was on 365 Sports YouTube show, and uh, he said he likes the Brent Vittables hire, especially with Jeff Lebby coming on board as the Sooners' new OC. Brent Venables, I've always liked. I knew him when he was here. I think he's very approachable. He's engaging. He's got a great personality. He's a good football coach. I, I look at two programs. I look at Mike Leach, who's my guy, and uh, and uh, then Lane Kiffin has a lot of baggage, we all know. But Lane doesn't call the plays, but his offense has given Alabama fits the last couple of years, and they do a great job. And I was thrilled to death to find out that the damn guy is from Oklahoma, was here in Oklahoma, and now mm-hmm. is probably coming back to be our offensive coordinator. So that changes everything for us. Not only do we have Brent to help the defensive side of the ball, which we needed some help, but uh, we got a good offensive coordinator, one of the top in the country, to come back and hopefully can recruit quarterbacks and receivers uh, as well as Lincoln did. There you go, Barry Switzer talking about, uh, you know, being pleased with the hire, likes what Brent obviously brings to the defensive side of the ball, and uh, with Jeff Levy, one of the hottest uh, offensive coordinators in college football coming aboard, he likes it even more. Now, we have seen, Parker, you saw Brian Kelly in that ridiculous video last night. I tweeted that out. Kendall, oh, my goodness. What was, Kendall came what was back. going on? I mean, seriously, if you're LSU, that's what you want to show, a, an old man who can't dance? You can't. I, I tweeted that out like that. You can't make an old man cool. I mean, was Elvis cool when he got older? No, he was in an evil Knievel jumpsuit, way overweight, sweating bullets all the time. I'm just like, why did? Okay, making that video was one thing, but electing to tweet it, like, did nobody look at that video in the post production process and say, you know what? This is probably going to get railed on Twitter.com if we put it out there. How many times has, uh, you know, the biggest embarrassment so far in this whole deal has been Brian Kelly. Now, again, he and Muleshoe are, you know, making bank. There's no doubt about that. Uh, But they're deserters also. And, uh, you know, but Brian Kelly, I mean, with that fake Southern accent, first of all. I mean, this guy's a, a living Saturday Night Live skit. And that Lincoln Presser, I mean, that Muleshoe Presser out in L.A. the other day was another Saturday Night Live skit. Like I said, they're laughing all the way to the bank. And uh, both of them appear to be pretty selfish. So they probably don't care that much. But, I mean, that was an embarrassment for LSU. I mean, geez. It's kind of funny and kind of poetic justice to see Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly getting crucified on social media in the aftermath of what they did to their two respective institutions. And I realize I just said Lincoln Riley, and I'm going to neck myself. You go ahead and talk, Mike. All right. That's all right. Uh, Barry Switzer, you know, how many national championships did Barry Switzer win? Three. I mean, and think about some of the teams that could have won national championship. I believe uh, the 78 team was the best team in the country. I believe the 73 team was the best team in the country. And, uh, you know, then uh, they ran into the Miami machine back in the day. And Miami had the speed and the athleticism and the uh, great players on defense to uh, to match the Sooners' speed and finesse uh, with the wishbone back in the day. But Barry Switzer, legend. Everybody loves Barry Switzer. Uh, so personable and just uh, did so much for Oklahoma football. But Barry Switzer never got – 
you know, mega rich as the Sooners head football coach. Switzer told those guys on 365 Sports, the money, it wasn't quite the same back then. We were 38, no, hadn't lost a game in 38 games at Oklahoma. And uh, I was making $24,000 a year. Uh, my first three years we won were 32-1-1 one and one, and won two national championships back-to-back and two undefeated seasons, and I made 24000 a year. And these damn bastards make $8, 9000000 million. I, I, told, I, I told I ran in, in Las Vegas, I ran into a U.S. Senator, Tommy Tuberville, who was a coach at Auburn, his coach in the SEC, and I know Tommy and knew him when he was in high school in Hermitage, Arkansas. I told Tommy, I said, you all you damn guys are throwing all that damn money away in Washington. Why don't you give reparations to old football coaches? <laughs> I got, we, we, want, we deserve it. No, you start talking about that. I missed out on that. I don't think that my salary, I ever made more than $100,000 a year. And I had to make the job worth a million dollars by me going out and creating the talent on my television shows and my radio shows. And I had to do about four of each make up that type of money and which i did but but it was left with me to do it i can either do it or not do it it wasn't given to me there you go very switzer. switzer walked so that mule shoe could run <laughs> all the way to cali <laughs> you know it's not like switzer was uh, destitute back in the day i'm not sure what uh, twenty four thousand dollars would be i don't know what what would twenty four thousand dollars be two hundred thousand or something in today's money, maybe more than I that. I don't think Who it would be that much. You don't think so? Maybe no. 150. But yeah, he had coaches shows everywhere, TV shows, replay show, you know, all kinds of stuff that he did. Um, but yeah, it's totally different. It is totally different. And you know, the big money they're throwing around. Um, and like I said, I, I totally get. I really do. If Muleshoe wanted a new challenge and felt like, you know what, nobody told me about the SEC, and that was part of it, even though he said, oh, no, I wouldn't duck from a challenge. Okay. But I get that. I, I totally get that. But, again, I'm not sure how you do it and make a clean break in that situation, but it still could have been a lot better, uh, done a lot better than it was. And that's what people are really mad about. Plus, people don't feel like you should leave Oklahoma for any other college job. They just don't feel like you should do that. They don't feel like you should do that. I mean, let's say SC was going great back in the uh, days when they were competing for national championships, right? And all of a sudden, one of the coaches, you know, whoever it was, John McKay or Pete Carroll or whoever, all of a sudden, you know what, I'm going to – I'm just going to leave to Texas. They're paying me more. By the way, I'm not. I'm going to lie about it for three weeks, and uh, you know, or you know, duck, dive, duck, and dodge. Whatever the dodgeball saying is, which is kind of how I felt like uh, you know he went about that. So, anyway, Air Comfort Solutions text line, ladies and gentlemen, it's all yours. 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. Let's light it up. We'll get to uh, all of your texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line coming up. Parker, I think we'll get some rolling in again today. I think Sooner fans. It's going to be a big day, Mike. I think they're feeling a lot be a better. Day. Keaton Slovis transferring from Southern Cal, but there's still some quarterback depth there at USC. He turned out to be a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, by the way, where are we feeling on Caleb Williams now? 95%, 90%? I don't know if I quite 80, go that high, 80? but optimistic. 70-30, I'm staying, I'm staying by that figure for now. There you go. 70-30.
All right, we'll break. We'll get to your text when we get back here on The Ref. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Yes, indeed, it is closing time. It's closing time, Mike. What a great song this is, by the way. And believe me, Brent Venables and that staff, they're going to close. And we got to hear just a second. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. So, uh, do the Sooners know who they want to take home here at closing time? I think they've got a pretty good idea. All right, and they're they're already taking home uh, Nick Evers and Kobe McKenzie. We know that today. And you think Jaden Gibson? uh, Again, if they're taking if they're taking home Nick Evers, which we know for a fact, I would consider the odds overwhelming that they're taking home Jaden Gibson as well. There you go. So, uh, you know, we were talking about this on Friday, and look, Parker is uh, much more in tune with the recruiting stuff than I am. And, uh, you know, so he's he knows what's going on and uh, covers it every single day. And you were saying top 15 would be good for Oklahoma if they could salvage that. And now we're thinking top 10 maybe squeezing in at 9 or 10 is possible. Well, I think you got the two big fish right off the bat there in Nick Evers and Kobe McKenzie. And again, I think that's going to be three big fish here very soon if you get an announcement from Jaden Gibson. At that point, you're just trying to tack on with the likes of Alton Tarber and Ahmad Moten. Maybe you flip Jaron Kanak on signing day, although I don't know how eager Brent Venables is to pursue Kanak just based on his respect for Clemson. There's a lot up in the air, and there's a lot that could very realistically follow Oklahoma's direction here in the next few days. And then you look ahead to the guys that are going to announce in January or that will sign in February. Javante Barnes is at the top of that list. Man, Oklahoma is in a much better place than I or I think anyone else imagined they would have been as it pertains to recruiting as recently as a week ago. Yeah, it's looking good. Today's been a big day for OU, no doubt about it. All right, Air Comfort Solutions text line is always available to you, 405-651-3439. Let's head there right now. Is there any chance at all that Brent Venables can flip Gabriel Brownlow Dindy back to OU? You think that one's done, right? I think that one's done. And listen. Was that a Jamar Kane thing more than anything else? That was a Calvin Thibodeau Oh, it was Calvin Thibodeau. That's right. It was Calvin else. Thibodeau. The second Calvin Thibodeau walked, Gabriel Brown-Ladindy walked. Because, look, the reality of that recruitment is that I think, save for the presence of Calvin Thibodeau, Gabriel Brown-Ladindy probably would have committed to Texas A&M as it was. And as soon as Tibbs walked, Gabriel Brown-Ladindy simply didn't have a reason to stay committed to Oklahoma. And so... I do think that recruitment's over. Oklahoma, if they wanted to get back in it, that's going to have to happen really, really soon. And I just, again, I don't really see it happening. I think it's a huge loss, the biggest loss of this entire cycle for Oklahoma. And, I mean, you're throwing guys like Luther Burden and Talon Shetron mm-hmm. into that conversation yeah. as well. But Gabriel Brown-Ladindy, I've said it before, for my money, I think he's the best prospect at any position in this class. He'll be a day-one guy at Texas A&M, and he be, absolutely would have been a day-one guy at OU. It would be like the Sooners down the stretch losing a uh, Tommy Harris or a Gerald McCoy. Now, look, we don't know if he's going to pan out and be as good as those two guys were, who were sensational. 
but in terms of the way they were rated, uh, in the same ballpark. Obviously, five-star considered the best of their position coming out in that particular class. So, yes, that is a big loss. Air Comfort Solutions text line, again, 405-651-3439. Eric from Tulsa asks, so am I missing something, or is this Gavin Sawchuk kid not committed, or are you all just not high on him? And look, I think the reality of that recruitment is that Gavin Sawchuk's just been solidly committed to OU for so long that he hasn't really been a talking point mm-hmm. and that's partially on us for not bringing him up in those conversations sure but there's also there also has not been any realistic fear that Gavin Sawchuk's gonna jump he's got a solid relationship with DeMarco Murray loves Oklahoma and he will be an impact player for OU he could have a role in year one but you look two to three years down the line that's a guy that is gonna have a very significant role in the backfield picture in Jeff Levy's offense they got out there Bob Stoops Kale Gundy and uh, was Joe John with him? I, I can't remember, but or is Demarco? I believe that they were talking to him almost immediately. I mean, that's one of the things that Bob uh, wanted to go make sure of very early on. So there you go. You may have already mentioned this, says one listener. So apologize if you're having to repeat yourselves. But what was the Sooners 2022 class ranking prior to news of Mule Shoe leaving? They were number seven in our 24-7 sports team rankings, and they were poised to get even higher than that. They dropped all the way down to as low as number 21, I believe, before Nick, Nick Evers' commitment. So that's, that gives you an idea. I think with the two commitments today from Nick Evers and Kobe McKenzie, last check, I believe they're up to number 13. So, and granted... Jaden Gibson would probably move them up a, another spot or two, they, right? I'll, I'll crunch the numbers in the break, but that might move them into the top 10. I, no, actually, I know that for a fact. That would move them into the top 10. And again, Oklahoma is not the only school that's going to pick up guys here in this 72-hour window to come. So things aren't going to stay stagnant, and they probably won't remain in the top 10 unless they pick up a couple other guys along the way. But to be in the top 10 with the additions of Nick Evers and Kobe McKenzie and Jaden Gibson two and a half weeks after your head coach dipped – that's pretty freaking remarkable. Is there anybody else that is currently committed to Oklahoma that might be shaky at this point? Xavion Bryce. Xavion okay. Bryce, I'm not sure. I don't think anybody's sure what he's going to do on signing day. But look, he came and he's still committed to OU, at least. <laughs> I'm using air quotes here. Committed. But he tweeted yesterday that he's going to decide between Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas Tech on National Signing Day. And if a guy is putting out there that he's going to decide between three schools, when he's already committed to your institution, that's a pretty good sign that he's not going to sign with your institution. So I would uh, I would curb your enthusiasm on Xavion Bryce. For what it's worth, he is the Sooners' lowest-ranked commitment, and I think he's underrated. He's a really good football player, but that one isn't going to hurt as much as a Gentry Williams or a Jaden Rowe or a Robert Spears Jennings when you're talking about losing key defenders in this class. I remember back in the day, one of the biggest signing day surprises was when Robert Meacham announced to go to Tennessee a long time ago out of the Tulsa area. And uh, what about Gentry Williams? Do you feel like he's super solid to Oklahoma right now? I feel like he's super solid. So you're not worried about him at all? I think I said this last week, but if not, I'll, I'll repeat it. If Gentry Williams ends up anywhere but Oklahoma, I'm just going to have to be wrong because I don't see it. Okay, so Xavion uh, Bryce out of Arlington, Texas. The uh, he's basically considered what, just like an athlete, don't they? Uh, is isn't that uh, where he's rated basically? 
Yeah, he he would play defensive back at Oklahoma. That's what they've recruited him as. Okay, so DB for the Sooners, you think he might be a little bit shaky. We'll see what happens on signing day. All right, so the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line always available to you. So let's keep uh, keep those texts coming in. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Uh, the 2023 class is, um, you know, at this point, that one obviously has been affected greatly with Malachi Nelson and Makai Lemon and others. Um, but again, I, I think based on we've seen the work that this staff has done already, um, you know, out on the recruiting trail, what they've done is has been pretty amazing, actually. You're feeling a lot more optimistic than you were with – Basically, your entire 2023 class decommitted within 48 hours after Muleshoe left. Mm-hmm. How about Ken, Quinn Ewers going back to uh, Texas? Oh, boy. Don't even get me started on that whole situation. And look, Quinn Ewers has been a Texas fan his whole life. I think it was kind of a foregone conclusion once he hopped in the portal that he was coming back home to be a Longhorn. I don't fault him for that decision at all. But I think that situation in and of itself, is indicative of the problems that collegiate athletics uh, are going to be facing over the next few years. Yes, no doubt. You think Quinn Ewers is going to be the last guy to hop in the portal and essentially initiate a bidding war for schools and their NIL partners? I know. That touches money, man. Yes, it is. And he basically... He left, right, because of the NIL regulations in the state of Texas, ends up at Ohio State. That was a big part of it. And made a bunch of money this season playing. He played a few snaps. Two snaps. Two snaps snaps. in one game. And uh, C.J. Stroud, of course, who's the quarterback of the future, was going to be around for a while and uh, decided he was going back into the portal. No surprise there. It's almost like Quinn Ewers made a business decision to go to Ohio State and knew – uh, if he wasn't going to be the next in line there, that he could go back and initiate that bidding war. So, And look, the reality of being an institution like Texas is you're going to win a bidding war more often than not. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you've got that nonprofit uh, group that's, that's wanting to pay everybody 50000 right? I mean, that's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Here's the deal, though, Mike. And I just want to I want I'll leave this as kind of my last sentiment on this whole conversation. You can buy talent these days in college football. You can. I think Quinn Ewers is very tangible evidence of that. You can buy talent. You can't buy culture Mm. and culture will take you a hell of a lot farther than talent ever will. I'm with you on that, and uh, I feel like the culture will improve at OU with Brent Venables. I I really do, and um, we'll see. I mean, like I said, once they finally get to the SEC, it's going to be a lot more challenging. We all know that, but uh, you just feel like Brent's a guy who's going to be here a while and be successful, and, um, you know, he wasn't given the keys to the luxury automobile. He had to go out and earn it, not that uh, the former – uh, head coach, you know, didn't have an impressive resume, and I think he's got a great offensive mind. Well, a good offensive mind, but we know that that program lacked some physicality, and we know that uh, this year he wasn't totally engaged at the end of the season, which is just brutal. All right, uh, coming up, Mike Leach, not happy about players skipping bowl games. What are you going to do? It's the modern era of college football, but Leach speaking out. We'll talk about that and more when we get back. 
Thank you to uh, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Again, great company, great Sooner, sponsoring our first hour. Who is our hero right now? It's Bob Stoops. It's Brent Venables. It's Nick Evers. It's Kobe McKenzie. So many heroes. <laughs> yeah. So many heroes. It's a good day we, in we, the state we, of Oklahoma. We need a Justice League, I think, is what we need. All right, we're coming right back. Keep it here. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. This one's dedicated to Mule Shoe. There you go. All right, welcome back. It is a Monday edition of Steel Man and Thune here on the Ref Radio Network. I found uh, somebody who is uh, more slimy than uh, Mule Shoe, at least in the way that Mule Shoe executed his exits. Brian Kelly? Well, yeah, we already know that, but he's yeah, in, I feel like Mule Shoes was worse than Brian Kelly's, he, though. He's in the NFL. This guy is more slimy than... Uh, oh, and I know exactly who you're talking about. I mean, and we knew he was slimy already, but he just gets slimier, man. Oh, man. Urban Meyer, it's oh just, my god, That situation down, down in Jacksonville is as dysfunctional as... It, like, of course the Jaguars would be the franchise to hire Urban Meyer and then watch everything hit the fan before the end of the first season. Jeez. It I just mean, tracks with everything we know the Jaguars to be as an organization. We'll play the soundbite where he denied calling his assistant coaches losers in a meeting. What did uh, Trevor Lawrence threw four picks yesterday? Four picks. Yeah. They got shot and, out. And, I mean, his confidence has got to be uh, shattered thus far. You think Baker Mayfield's had a rough year? Uh, the Browns at least did win yesterday. The Ravens. Hey, they're came right back, back in yeah, the playoff the, race. The, they are. Yes, they're, they're one spot out. So. They're the eight seed right now. They they take seven these days in the playoffs. So, yeah, Cleveland still has a shot. But um, yeah, Irvin Meyer. Wow. Jeez. I mean, you talk about. Uh, what not to do in your first year in the NFL 101. I mean, he's pulled off pretty – checked off just about every box. Going one and done at any level of coaching, Mike, like you almost got to be trying to make that happen. Like who's the last guy to do it? Freddie Kitchens? And before him, it was – Yeah, and that was an I mean, absolute shoot, clown show. Joe Philbin? No, Joe Philbin got multiple years with the Dolphins. Gosh. It's just the point is it doesn't happen very often. No, because more not. often than not, Howard Schnellenberger. Howard Schnellenberger was one and done at OU. I mean, brought me in not the wrong Is that? I, I mean, for Sooner fans, that's probably the most apt comparison for what's going on with Urban Meyer down in Jacksonville. It's the Howard Schnellenberger year all over again. Wow, just crazy. All right, Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. Mike Leach, as uh, Mississippi State gets ready for their bowl game, and uh, they are playing the Red Raiders, by the way, of Texas Tech, his former team in the bowl game. But Mike Leach is uh, not too happy with modern-day college football because he doesn't like the players skipping the bowl games. got an obligation to... Uh, the place that uh, helped build and develop you and uh, uh, finish it out uh, uh, in the bowl. I mean, that's part of it. You owe it to your team, you owe it to your fans, you owe it to your coaches. And, uh, you know, and it, it, 
uh, it's the most bizarre thing in the world to me. Somebody says, well, uh, you know, I can't play, um, I can't play one more, you know, they think they're going to have a, a storied 10-year NFL career, and then they can't play one more college game. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, guys will go to the NFL, and they make the Pro Bowl, then they'll play in the Pro Bowl. I mean, you know, uh, no, it's, it's one of the biggest absurdities uh, that I've seen, and it's selfish, too. Yes, Pirate! There you go. Preach. There you go. But here's the bottom line, Parker. I mean, this this is not changing. What can you do? And, again, I think unless you're playing, obviously, in a playoff semifinal or in a playoff you know, game down the road, whether it's eight teams or 12 teams or 16 teams eventually, whatever it is, or a New Year's Six game. And then, again, when they expand the playoff, those New Year's Six games are going to be playoff games, right? You're not fired up. You're not going to go play in the Alamo Bowl. Even some of these second-tier bowls that are pretty good, right? A lot of these guys just aren't going to play in them, period. And I don't see that trend changing, do you? It's not going to change. In fact, it's only going to get worse. Yeah, absolutely. Is that I – who was really first through the door on this? One of the first that I can remember was Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that was the actual first. I'm sure it had happened before. But, yeah, I distinctly remember Christian McCaffrey opting out of Stanford's bowl game. Then there were a couple other guys that follow suit. And then the next year, I think there were something like 80 players that opted out of their respective bowl games. And that number just keeps going up and up and up. And, again, there's really nothing that can be done about it. No. There isn't. There, there's a lot about college football, and it's, it's in flux now. It's such a great game. Um, everybody loves college football, and you know. But there are some things that are concerning right now. I, this one is not the biggest one. I, I wish it didn't happen, but it's just it's not going to be changing. It's not going to be changing. Uh, the money these coaches are making, the early signing period. I'm for everybody making as much money as they can, but something's got to be done with the early signing period because it creates your mule shoes and your Brian Kellys. Uh, it's just it's wacky. And then, of course, conference realignment. There's a lot of money on the line. I just worry where we're going to be in 10 years. We look back at all of this and go, man, you know, did, did we really anticipate that Quinn Ewers was going to end up being a millionaire while he was at the University of Texas. And, of course, he spent his first year at Ohio State, but he's going back to Austin to play for the Longhorns. And this guy is going to make a million dollars in NIL money. Caleb Williams got a chance to do that, too, at the University of Oklahoma, right? Uh, And, again, I'm not against that. But, man, I I just – um, I can't remember who the conference commissioner was who said it was one of uh, – it wasn't uh, Greg Sankey or it wasn't, uh, you know, Bob Bowlesby, but saying that we're, we're headed to a professional model. We are, we are just a few years away from a professional model. So is college football – I mean, it's always been like the AAA of the NFL anyway, uh, but – it's going to get crazy. We were talking about this last week. We should probably talk about it. If you're in a place like Oklahoma, your NIL money is directly tied to the economy. I mean, it is everywhere. So you're rooting for oil and gas prices to go up, up, up. But guess what? That's cyclical. Well, now you're getting political on Steely. But, I mean, I'm serious, right? I am serious. So, once again, uh, it's just crazy. All right, we've got another hour to go. Keep it here on The Ref. Every night you'd be on the floor.
Join the Unlimited Club at Oki Express Auto Wash. You can wash your car every day for one low monthly price. And right now, you can sign up for just $10 your first month at Oki Express Auto Wash. Now with 12 metro locations. It's time for the Steelman and Thune at noon with Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Hit the guys up on the law offices of Rod Pulse and Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000 or shoot the guys a text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, here's Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Hour 2 presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Thank you very much. Exit 72 for a great deal on a vehicle from our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Also, big day at Riverwind Casino. Each and every day is a big day at Riverwind. And today you can get out and play with your wild card. You need that wild card at Riverwind. It's going to help you win a lot of cash, bonus play, and prizes. And today you can play until, uh, well, tomorrow, actually, until midnight, Monday and Tuesday. Uh, for every po- five points on your wild card, you're going to get extra entries again, five times the entries again today and tomorrow through midnight for the Rudolph Riches promotion. Uh, that's $60,000 on the line, $60,000 Rudolph's Riches uh, promotional drawing. The uh, last one will be held this Friday, and you can uh, gain five times the entries by playing with your wild card, getting some points on your wild card today and tomorrow through midnight. They also have the $100,000 red carpet rollout, which is a New Year's Eve drawing, and you can play with your wild card to get five times the entries on Sundays in that promotion. And don't forget about yet another one, the $40,000 Holidays on Us. You need to play with your wild card on Thursdays to get five times the entries for that drawing, which is on Saturday nights. And uh, the $100,000 red carpet rollout drawing will happen on New Year's Eve. So all Riverwind is doing, and this is why they're the best, they're only giving away over $250,000 in cash bonus play and prizes during the holidays. And that's addition to all the jackpots they'll give away. Riverwind is, uh, they're awesome. We love having them as a sponsor here on The Ref. I love them uh, sponsoring uh, my stream as well because uh, they're, they're the best at Riverwind. Okay, uh, so if we're looking at this from a holiday perspective, Parker Thune, uh, you know, as a kid, you usually get three or four really cool main gifts, maybe, if you're lucky. Uh, maybe it's one big gift, like one year. I can remember my brother and I were wanting the Atari 2600 <laughs> so bad, and my dad, rest in peace, dad, miss you. But we opened all of our presents, and there was no Atari 2600 to be seen. And we're doing our best, Robert De Niro, Lawrence Olivier, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis acting job at that time that we're, yeah, everything's great, you know. In the meantime, we're like, there's no Atari, you know. <laughs> so my dad says, hey, can you go out to the garage and get some stuff for the, the dinner? I think it was some, like some Cokes or something like that. And there in the garage was the Atari 2600. So uh, that was awesome. But that was the main gift. But you usually get, like, one big gift and then a couple other big gifts And then you get some cool stocking stuffers. So if you're looking at the 2022 class right now, is there one big gift or are there like three or four? I think you have eight 
four stars in this class, if I'm not mistaken, out of 14 that are committed yeah, to Oklahoma I would right say, now? I would say the one massive gift would have been Gabriel Brown Lodindy, but yeah, that was, he that's was, not happening. He was the so. Atari He was the Atari that okay. we're not getting. Yeah, okay. He was the Atari that Oklahoma fans are not going to be getting. But, no, you have some really good gifts on the table, and you got another couple today in Nick Evers and Kobe McKenzie. And, look, the reality is – you're probably getting another one in Jaden Gibson. And if the guy's still on the table, like, they're not chopped liver. Gavin Sawchuk and Gentry Williams and Jaden Rowe and Jake Taylor and Jacob Sexton, Caden Helms, Jason Luell, those guys are really good football players, Mike. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it was not as if Oklahoma was left with skin and bones from a recruiting standpoint when Derek Moore decommitted and Gabriel Brownlow Dindy decommitted and Pancake Hunter decommitted, and you had all these guys renege on their pledges in the aftermath of Muleshoe's departure, right? But the core that you retained was still really solid, and the guys that you're going to close on here, the guys that Oklahoma's going to close on towards the end of this uh, recruiting cycle, they're pretty dang solid too. And it's, it's looking more and more realistic at this point that Oklahoma could still end up somehow signing a top 10 class. Yeah, that doesn't happen for teams that suddenly lose their head coach overnight two weeks before National Signing Day, Mike. That doesn't happen. Well, that's the power of Oklahoma. That's what Brent Venables was saying, right? About man, you you know you're a Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce doesn't advertise. Now they're out there recruiting, but yes, you look at based on the ratings that I'm looking at. This is you, you guys. Gavin Sawchuck, number five at his position in the country. Gentry Williams, number ten at his position in the country. Uh, Nick Evers, number 10 in the top 10, again, in his position, uh, dual-thread quarterback. Kobe McKenzie's just outside at number 13. Jake Taylor is just outside the offensive lineman from Las Vegas at number 16. So, yes, uh, it, there may not be a five-star Caleb Williams, Malachi Nelson, you know, um, whoever you want to throw out there, but this is a – Shaping up to be, particularly if it's trending the way we think it's trending with Jaden Gibson and uh, Alton Tarver and guys like that, it's only going to improve. So, ends up being a, a, a pretty nice class, it looks like, for Oklahoma. So, who would be the stocking stuffer? Like, maybe a little bit underrated that people aren't talking about enough that you reach in the stocking and you pull it out. Hey, this is pretty cool. Like, I got an A-track. I think it was a Rush 8-track in a stocking stuffer gift one year. I think you're probably – and this is a guy – That's that how old I am, by the way. I got an 8-track in my oh, stocking. No, yes. Believe me, Mike, I think that's the third time you've referenced 8-tracks tracks over the last week on this show. But I think a guy – and you're not going to get him till after the Christmas season because he's signing in February. But a guy that could be that stocking stuffer for this class is Ahmad Moten, the three-star mm-hmm. defensive lineman out of Florida, Fort Lauderdale area who was a very recent offer for Oklahoma. Miguel Chavis, the new defensive ends coach, made an in-home visit with Moten last week. He's going to take a campus visit in January. And there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about where Oklahoma stands with him. And if you get him and Alton Tarber and Cedric Roberts all in the same class, that's not a bad haul on the defensive line. Now, they also offered uh, Deshaun Brown out of Choctaw, right? That they did. Is he 2022 or 23? He's 22. So... Could also bolster your could class. Be, could be part of that class as well. And 
I think it is the uh, the verdict in the court of public opinion that the Oklahoma offer is the one Deshaun Brown's been waiting on because he's had his Oklahoma State offer for a year and a half. So at what point do you take a look at that situation and render the judgment that, okay, well, if he really wanted to go to Oklahoma State, which has kind of been the expectation – why hasn't he committed to Oklahoma State yet? Because he's had all the time in the world to do it. And so given that Oklahoma entered this race late and given that, uh, as I said, purportedly this was the one for Deshaun Brown, this was the white whale, the one that he'd been waiting on, uh, even with Oklahoma jumping in as late as they did, I do think there's a pretty good chance Deshaun Brown is a Sooner. All right, so there's a lot happening. Wednesday is the early signing day, so Parker's going to be uh, working around the clock until then, and Wednesday's going to be very hectic. So, But it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's certainly looking up, looking very positive right now for the Sooners. All right, Oklahoma also has a bowl game to play. That would be the Alamo Bowl matchup with Oregon in the Gordon Reese Invitational. And uh, I love Bob Stoops the other day. Uh, when he was being asked by a reporter, well, what about playing Oregon again? You know, Gordon Reese. I don't mention his name. I don't like that. You know, he was <laughs> that's Bob Stoops <laughs> to a T. Like, don't mess with that dude. Come on. All right. Uh, but Bob was out there working, practicing with the team. I'm not practicing, but leading practice with the team over the weekend. He has done unbelievable work. Uh, the dude was already a legend. Now we say he's a, he's achieved super legend status. And Bob said the other day, hey, don't worry about the locker room in the bowl game. We'll be fine. No, it's very solid. But let's be realistic. There were guys going to be leaving even if Lincoln and there wasn't any change. That's happening everywhere. It happens to us every year. That's nothing to fret about. And, um, and every, you know, the guys that are opting out, some guys with some bowl games, is that unique to just us? That's happening everywhere. You know, it's, you know especially – uh, these games where we're not in, they're not playoff games. Um, so it happened, uh, you know, anyway, it's it's going to happen. Uh, hopefully we can limit it and uh, be able to field a, a, you know, a really solid team for the bowl game. And I believe we will. And we'll start working on that here um, after next week, after finals. There you go, Bob Stoops. And the uh, Sooners getting ready for the uh, the matchup in the Alamo Bowl in San Antonio with Oregon. You know, it's it's interesting because Drake has turned out to be a good, solid player for OU, and Isaac uh, was into coaching and all of that stuff. But both the kids obviously turned out to be top-notch, as you would expect. But I can remember back in the day, I did a show with uh, the ultimate, Jim Traber. We did a show called The Locker Room, and we taped it over at OU on Sunday nights, and then it would air later. Uh, on local TV, and we would have guests come in. And one time we had uh, Bob Stoops come in to be on the show with us, and Drake and Isaac, I don't know, man, how old they were, but they were already in beast mode, you know, arm wrestling and, you know, going crazy, uh, being a little bit rowdy, but they were still, I mean, they're well-behaved, but you could tell they had that aggressive, you know, they're going to be football player kind of attitudes. Uh, the, the Stoops blood, as Mark Stoops called it the other day. But I can remember when Bob is taking them, uh, you know, into the control room where we were telling him this is the studio, here's the control room. And then, um, you know, Bob introduced uh, the kids to us. And I can remember Bob saying, shake his hand, look him straight in the eye. And (laughs) that's so Bob. It was Drake was like, you know, shaking hands and he's looking right at you and he's trying to grip as hard as he can, you know, but that was. 
it was so Bob, you know. It was just uh, shake his hand, look him straight in the eye. And uh, I would say that Drake Stoops has turned out to be a pretty darn good player at OU, and you would expect the uh, Stoops brothers to be successful in whatever they do down the road. So, anyway, just can't say enough good things about Bob, uh, what he's done. Obviously, uh, I know he's he's an Iowa grad, and, you know, that, that staff they had with Hayden Fry back in the day and, you know, that played on Owen Field again against Billy Sims back in the day. Everybody remembers the famous photo of Stoops going airborne. But uh, he is – he just feels like a total Sooner now, you know. And uh, I know he was cheering on Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game, and he'll always have those roots. But, man, he is, uh, like I said, he has done so much in this trying time for Sooner Nation. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Game on the line, you have to throw the ball either to Jaden Hazelwood or Drake Stoops for the first down to keep the game-winning drive alive. <laughs> Who are you going to throw to? So much for recruiting rankings. Yeah, yeah. well, and look – I think Hazelwood's a good player. He had injury issues. Theo Weiss is the last remaining Sooner. Now, I'm being told by a source that he may not be playing in the bowl game. But well, he's not He's not going to play in the bowl game. He yeah. can't. Well, he's – what, is he graduating or something? Am I Weiss? missing some? Yeah. He's in the transfer portal. He went to the portal? Somebody told me he was coming back. Well, there's a good good odds he comes okay. back right Okay, that's now, what I heard this weekend, that Weiss was going to be back at OU. That's the important thing for people to remember here is yeah. that portal does not mean gone. So you can go okay. in the portal, and it's kind of like you go out there and model. You're on the catwalk. You're like, what you see here? Hey, okay, make me an offer. And then you can walk right back through the portal like uh, A.D. Miller did back in the day, right? And like Trayvon West did this past spring. Yeah, and Trayvon West made a few plays for OU. No doubt. All right. Uh, we want to thank the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. We're underway here with hour number two on this Monday edition of Steel Man and Thune here on the Ref. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car or truck in Paul's Valley. We have uh, JW coming up. Do we know yet? We're not sure. Working on it? Working okay. on it. We'll see. All right. Let's talk a little NFL. The Browns, are they right back in the mix? They're only one spot out of uh, playoff contention. Man, they had to sweat that out against the Ravens, though, yesterday. We're hooked for Baker Mayfield when we get back. And uh, Urban Meyer, Jeez, what can you say? We'll talk about that when we get back as well. Keep it here. The Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, we are back. Good to have you with us, Steel Man and Thune, here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. And, uh, man, we, we don't want to shortchange the work that Porter Moser and company did this weekend, taking down Arkansas 88-66. I mean, the Sooners uh, shot it great from three, 59%. Elijah Harkless was great. Uh, you know, all of the uh, starters were in double figures. Uh, Tanner Grove, 16. Jordan Goldwire was a great floor general in the game. Had 14. Mo Gibson, 12. Jason, uh, Jalen Hill, rather, had uh, 11. Uh, did nice work on the boards as well. They out-rebounded Arkansas, 36-29. Eric Musselman lost uh, lost his mind, got ejected with three and a half minutes left in the game. Great win for Oklahoma. 
That's the kind of win that gets you in the tournament if you're on the bubble, 88-66 over Arkansas. And, and here you know, the atmosphere is unbelievable there. Yeah, and we were talking on Friday about how the losses to Butler and Utah State, those are the kind of losses that keep you out of the tournament. But you're exactly right, Mike. A win over an undefeated Arkansas team that played in the Elite Eight last year, that's a big resume booster for this Oklahoma basketball team. Yeah, great uh, great atmosphere at the BOK Center. You had, uh, I understand it was about 70-30. Uh, in favor of Arkansas fans, they come out and love to call the Hogs, but that was a great win for Oklahoma. And uh, we'll hear from Porter Moser on the victory before we get out of here. Cowboys will play Cleveland State tonight, 7 o'clock at Gallagher-Iba. Oklahoma State 6-3 and in the year. The Vikings 6-2 uh, and two. Cleveland State, best known for their victory over uh, that Indiana team back in the 80s, the Bob Knight Indiana team when they were led by Mouse McFadden. So, uh, the Sooners, by the way, will be next in action on Sunday against UT Arlington, 2 o'clock tip time at the Lloyd Noble Center. Mavs beat the uh, Thunder last night, 103-84. Oklahoma City only had 13 points in the fourth quarter. They lost Lou Dort, uh, who sprained his ankle in the first half. We don't know the severity yet, uh, but the Thunder, again, will be in action. Uh, game three of a four-game homestand coming up against New Orleans on Wednesday. Okay, uh, NFL yesterday, the Dallas Cowboys made things interesting with the uh, Dak pick six late in the game. It looked like uh, the Washington football team was maybe going to send that game to overtime if they scored, but Kyle Allen had the fumble late in the game. Cowboys relied on the defense yesterday and got it done. 27-20 was the final uh, with Dallas winning to go to 9-4 and four on the season. The Cowboys will have the Giants coming up this Sunday. Meanwhile, the Cleveland Browns got out to a big lead against the uh, Ravens. I think it was 21-3 at one point. Ravens got the ball back only down 24-22 in the waning moments when they recovered an onside kick. And you're thinking, man, the Browns are going to they're going to Cleveland this all up. They're going to lose the game. But they held on to win 24-22. Baker Mayfield, 22-30, of 30, 190 yards, two touchdowns, one really bad pick. But uh, the Browns are right there as the eighth seed in the playoff standings in the AFC. Remember now with 17 regular season games, they are taking seven. And the Raiders are next. Then they go to Green Bay. Then they play at Pittsburgh and then home against Cincinnati uh, to close out the season for the Browns. Let's hear from Baker on the victory and the offense yesterday for Cleveland. We did enough to win the game. Um, So that's, you know, check that box off. But – Got conservative. I think we need to, you know, put that team away. You know, we got ahead early. Um, just need to capitalize when the defense is playing like that and holding them to points. And we need to, you know, put it away. That's what good teams do. So we need to improve on that. But we were better in the red zone today and on third down. That's something that um, obviously I've talked to you guys about. So um, we just need to play better in those situations to put the game away. There you go. So again, uh, what do we think, Parker, on those remaining games? Again, the Raiders at home. The Raiders got destroyed in Kansas City by the Chiefs yesterday. Uh, so again, that's uh, they had the Raiders at home, at Green Bay, at the Steelers, at home against Cincinnati. Okay, so walk me through those one at a time here. So you have the Raiders. Raiders at home. I'm going to say that's a win for the Browns. All right, so that gets you to eight and six. Green Bay loss. I, that's a loss. Not so you're eight and game. seven. I think that Steelers game is going to be key. I think that's a win for Cleveland. I think they're sitting at nine and seven. And then Cincinnati at home to close it out. I'll give them a win, which is – it's funny. That's exactly what we put them at. I think either before the season start, started or just a couple weeks into the season, we said they're going to finish 10-7. and seven. And so I, I, I'll i stick with that. I think they're going to finish 10-7, and seven and I think they'll be a playoff team. 
All right, Rams and Cardinals tonight. Good one on uh, Monday Night Football, seven fifteen on ESPN. The Rams are eight and four. Uh, the Cardinals at ten and two with Kyler Murray back now. Obviously played last week. That game is out in Phoenix. Rams and the Cardinals in the Monday Night matchup. And uh, your boy Tom Brady, seven hundredth uh, touchdown pass, a big one yesterday. The fifty-eight yarder to Perriman in overtime was the winner. As they uh, survived that game against Buffalo and won 33-27. Is Tom Brady playing the best football of his life? It's just, I mean, if you're talking about a Benjamin Button type of guy, yeah. Tom Brady is that to a T. Like, what we are witnessing from Tom Brady at age 44 is quite literally it's amazing. It is amazing. All right, uh, and the demise of Urban Meyer and the uh, Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer, and the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars continues. Jacksonville now two and eleven on the year after losing in Tennessee uh, to the Titans yesterday, twenty to nothing. All these stories came out about Urban Meyer berating it as his assistant coaches, calling them losers, according to uh, several reports. I don't think Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is enjoying his time there either. I wouldn't be. Trevor Lawrence threw four picks yesterday, and the Jaguars are a complete mess. Here is Urban's uh, denial about calling his assistant coaches losers. Calling someone a loser, that's inaccurate. I have high expectations for our coaches. i uh, very demanding of our coaches um, and expect guys to be held accountable for their positions. And at times uh, when they're not, those are we address it. Uh, but I assure you there is not whatever report. Amy told me something about that. That's nonsense. Am I worried about losing the locker room? I always am worried about losing the locker room when you're two and whatever we are. Uh, but then I see what I saw, and I see the guys play as hard as they possibly can. I challenge our coaches. I challenge our players. And I challenge myself. Uh, the locker room has been lost already. That's over. The right? locker room was lost as soon as that video surfaced of Urban Meyer feeling up the groupie at the nightclub. At that point, the Jaguars were zero and four when that happened. I think they won. And he blamed they that. that they didn't... beat the Bills in the first game after that whole ordeal. And you're like, okay, well, maybe, maybe things aren't as bad as. They've been made out to be, but you just couldn't get rid of the prevailing and overriding sense that, okay, you're 0-4, your coach is out partying it up with women he's not married to and clearly has more on his mind than just football. This is not going to end well in Jacksonville in the year 2021. And with the urban grabbing incidents, didn't urban try and pass that off on the grandkids? To an extent, well, or in the grand, you know, it was like, what? Did the, the grandkids didn't <laughs> grab any ass. You did. <laughs> oh man, this it's guy! Just, like, come on. I've seen, I've seen some bad seasons of Jacksonville Jaguars football. I don't know if this is the worst. This is definitely the most dysfunctional. And it sucks more than anybody else for Trevor Lawrence. Who do we have on the Rushmore of not a good guy right now? Muleshoe is there temporarily. I, 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 you know, he'll probably be – we'll probably remove him as soon as the uh, the wounds start to heal a little bit more. But well, Urban right, Myers, right now it's Muleshoe, Urban uh, Kelly, Ma- Urban, Urban Ma- Meyer, Brian Kelly. And? I mean, who else do you Tom want? Tom Herman was there for a while, but I don't know. Who's the other one? Dan Mullen. <laughs> there you go. I like that. That's it. <laughs> That's your Rushmore. Dan Mullen, Brian Kelly, Urban Meyer, Muleshoe. There is your – 
There's your Rushmore of bad guys right now. And Urban Meyer might have be carved onto that mount, the side of the mountain permanently. If things continue to trend in their current direction, yeah, he's not uh, he's not coming off the mountain for quite a while. No, no, he's not. All right, uh, thank you to our friends at Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley here in the Brown O'Haver Studios on a Monday. Hope everybody had a great weekend. We've got a lot more Sooner football to talk about. And how about that Oklahoma basketball team taking down the Razorbacks the way they did? Best, easily the best performance of the Porter Moser era. We'll hear from the Sooner coach coming up in a little bit as well. Keep it here. And it's here. That time of year, Mike. Yes, it is. Sooners getting good news earlier today. Nick Evers, the four-star uh, dual-threat quarterback out of Texas, committing. And uh, based on everything we're seeing, when you commit this late, I would say that, yes, the Sooners will have him signed up on Wednesday. Also, Kobe McKenzie, the linebacker. Out of Lubbock, Texas, highly rated four-star kid who'd been committed to Oklahoma for a long, long time before Mule Shoe left, and then he uh, flipped to Texas. Well, he flipped back to Oklahoma, and uh, things are looking up for OU on the recruiting front. There's no doubt about that. All right, you want to go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. By all means, let's do so. Any word on if Kennedy Brooks is coming back? No, nothing definitive, and I think the very – (laughs) the very fact that there hasn't been any movement on that front should lend some optimism that Kennedy Brooks is coming back. Because look, the reality is if Kennedy Brooks jumps to the NFL, he's not going to be an especially high draft pick. He's just not right now. I think the current projections for him range somewhere from the fourth round to the sixth round. And I would, I would lean on the high end of that spectrum. I would say he's a solid fourth-round caliber type of guy. I could see him landing right about where Ramondre Stevenson landed, which is mid-fourth round with the New England Patriots. So I think Kennedy Brooks could go kind of in that same window. But if he returns for a sixth year, he has the opportunity to do a number of things that have never been done before by anyone at the University of Oklahoma, including rush 4,000 yards in four different seasons. He could become and probably would become the program's all-time leading rusher. And he has the opportunity to send his draft stock soaring even higher. And maybe he's a day two or even a day one pick in next year's draft, if that's the case. But I think the fact that you haven't seen Kennedy Brooks opt out of the bowl yet is a good thing. Because I think I think no news is good news in that capacity. And it may be an indication that Kennedy Brooks is heavily weighing returning to Oklahoma for another season. Yeah, and and what you said is pretty amazing to think about all the great running backs the Sooners have had for it for him to possibly come back and end up as the uh, school's all-time leading rusher, and as you said, be the only guy to rush for over a thousand yards in four seasons. That is that's that's special stuff right there. Very uh, when you consider again Billy Sims and Joe Washington and uh, all the great running backs that Oklahoma's had. Through the years, DeMarco Murray on staff right now. They've, they've had a ton of them, and uh, for him to be that guy, Steve Owens and Billy Vessels, obviously, uh, from a long time ago, Heisman Trophy winners who were tremendous as well. So that that is something that uh, might entice him to come back. Like I said, that's rarefied air right there. To be the leading rusher in the history of Oklahoma football 
uh, would be amazing. All right, Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Okay, go ahead. Is Quinn Ewers Chris Sims 2.0? I don't know. I, I question uh, that anybody can be that great with that thinking that hairstyle works. And I certainly... The mullet is an interesting fashion it's choice. It's really, really, really bad. I mean, he looks like he should be hanging around with Joe Dirtz, you know? There was a time... Or... There was uh, a time when mullets Joe were Joe Exotic. That time ended roughly three decades ago. I mean, when was the last time you saw someone wearing a mullet sincerely and not ironically, Mike? I don't know. Gundy was wearing his... I think he started out ironically and then maybe got more serious about it as time went on. What do you think? Uh, I don't know what to make of that man. Did you see apparently he reached out for the Florida I job? I saw that. Do you believe that? I mean, this was from a... Um, a request in the Freedom of Information Act, right? And uh, Devin Bonick was the uh, – I always thought Jimmy Sexton represented Mike Gundy, and Mike Gundy's talked about he represents himself. But apparently there was documentation of an email sent from Devin Bonick on behalf of Mike Gundy uh, to Scott Strickland, I believe is the Florida AD now. That is correct. Uh, kind of testing the waters and saying that Mike Gundy is uh, – would be open to discussing the uh, the job. Now, what do you make of that? Do you think that's... I have a hard time buying it, but at the same time, if there's a year where Mike Gun- where it makes sense for Mike Gundy to throw his name around, right, it's probably the year 2021. With as many lateral moves as we've seen and as much money is being shelled out mm-hmm. to well, true. head coaches at the collegiate level, Mike, I, I don't think... My gut tells me it's not legit. My gut doesn't think that that's a real thing that happened. Because, well, for a number of reasons, mostly just the fact that I think Mike Gundy at this point is probably an Oklahoma State lifer. That's what I'm thinking, too. And, um, you know, he's, he's uh, you know, when you, you can argue that Mike Gundy is the uh, most important figure in the history of Oklahoma State athletics. Now, I know you can talk about Barry Sanders being the greatest player, and, and but when you consider what he's done there and how long he's been associated with the university, and look, you've got some legends there, and John Smith and, uh, you know, Robin Ventura in baseball. There, there have been a lot of greats. Uh, Mr. Iba back in the day in college basketball, but Mike Gundy is certainly making a case for himself. So it would surprise me. But then again, I thought Muleshoe would only leave for an NFL job. And why, right? the, why the Florida job? That's my other question. Why that job of all jobs? Because if, it, if it's true that he's turned down the Arkansas job and the Tennessee job twice and the Florida State job, like I really do believe that Florida State is a better job than Florida is. Potentially. <clears throat> now, I just... I, I just fail to understand why Mike Gundy, here and now, in the year 2021, save for a play for big money, mm-hmm. would leave Oklahoma State with all the momentum that that program has to jump into a situation at Florida that is not ideal by any stretch of the imagination. Well, and again, the SEC is, you, you've got so many heavyweights, and there are some lightweights in there too, or at least middleweights, but... Mike has a chance. Oklahoma State 
can be the dominant program in the new Big 12 down the road. Uh, you know, they've been over the last decade, besides Oklahoma, the best program in the league. I think Mike Gundy's an excellent football coach. He's a little bit quirky from time to time. You know, when he starts talking politics and some stuff like that, you know, you, you, that, whoever you are, you're going to get in trouble for that. Well, he's a he mm, respectable and well-informed citizen on that One America News Network. A yeah, well, that was interesting. Yeah, think of where the Oklahoma State program was on that day when they hastily produced video came out with he and Chuba Hubbard. Which <laughs> that looked, was maybe it looked, like, it looked like a hostage video. It really did. Like that was maybe the cringiest video was, I've ever seen. It like, was pretty. Weird, Ryan yeah. Kelly and Walker Howard last night was cringy. Mm-hmm. Everything pertaining to the Lincoln Riley situation, the Mule Shoe situation, neck at USC has been cringy, but. I don't know if anything transcends that Mike Gundy Chuba Hubbard bro shake video. The bottom line is, though, I think he's a really good football coach. I really do. And, uh, man, if he would have been, you know, and Sam Pittman's done an excellent job at Arkansas. But whether it was Arkansas or Tennessee, um, I don't know. I just see Mike Gundy being an Oklahoma State lifer. But, I'm, you know, none of this stuff surprises me anymore with all the dollars being thrown around. And that's the thing, too, is I wonder if Mike Gunny was like, hey, I could maybe make 8 or $9 million if I make the move to Florida. I don't Those know, figures just, are getting absurd. They are, yeah. And the dead money that's wrapped up in these coaches, too. It, I have a lot of feelings on this. And here's what it boils down to for me. I think schools are so afraid of wandering the wilderness looking for a coach that they are willing to pay money hand over fist for any semblance of stability, mm-hmm. even if the ceiling of that stability is nine or ten wins a year, as it is for Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. Well, not even not just the money they're paying their new coach, but also paying off the old coach. And the fact that these contracts are for eight, sometimes ten years at a time. How many college coaches have the same job for eight to ten years, Mike? How many times do we see a collegiate coach on the sidelines for the entire duration of their contract? It's pretty rare. It's I mean, we, we thought the days of Joe Paterno and Bobby Bowden, you know, would, would you would never see anything like that. But for Bob Stoops, who was at Oklahoma for, what, 18 years? That I mean, that's, that's the new standard right there for somebody really being at a school for a long time. It's uh, it's crazy, it's absolutely crazy with the uh, money. But and again, uh, is Kansas still paying Charlie Weiss? Is Notre Dame still paying uh, you know Charlie Weiss? I don't know. I mean, shoot, the Mets are still paying Bobby Bonilla. They right? are, and we thought Bobby Bonilla had a great year. He got twenty five. He got a million dollar <laughs> check every twenty five for twenty five years, right? But Bobby Bonilla, that's like pocket change now, you know to what some of these college football coaches are being paid off. It's crazy. All right. Yes. How are we doing? How's your Monday? Good? If you're a Sooner fan, you should be feeling good with the uh, commitment today of Nick Evers, the flip, Kobe McKenzie coming back to Oklahoma and possibly getting Jaden Gibson maybe later today. I think he's going to announce Wednesday, but the Sooners feel pretty good about their chances there. So, been a good day for Sooner fans. The house is a rocket. It is. Great Monday night football matchup tonight. Kyler and the Cardinals hosting uh, the Rams and Matthew Stafford. That should be fun. We've got one more segment to go before we pass the mic to the rush. Keep it here on the ref. This is your home for Sooner fans.
The Ref Sports Radio Network. Ah, uh, we have new tweets from uh, Kobe McKenzie. That we do. And I'm not coming back by myself. See, that's throwing me for a loop a little bit mm. because he didn't say, I'm not coming by myself. He said, I'm not coming back by myself. So, is he talking about a guy that decommitted from OU? Is he talking about a guy that's currently committed to Texas? I don't know. There are a lot of possibilities swirling. I will say this much. Kobe McKenzie knows how to keep people on the edge of their seats. Yes, he does. So, uh, if he's not coming back by himself, what would you think if you had a couple names to throw out there? I'm sure people would say, Gabriel Barlow Dindy. No. Not going to happen. The ship has sailed. Man, I keep... I don't know. I'm scratching my head trying to get to the bottom of all of that, and I won't be able to truly start digging until we get off the air, but... A couple of names that come to mind, obviously, you think about the 2022 decommitments, the recent ones, Pancake Hunter mm-hmm. and Derek Moore. I I know that Oklahoma's not pursuing Demetrius Hunter very heavily at the moment, and I don't believe they're doing much more with regard to the Derek Moore recruitment. So I have a hard time believing it's either of those guys. I don't know, man. I really don't know. Hmm. That's such a cryptic tweet. It is. Too. And then he adds the lock emoji. It, and look, I could just be overthinking this all, and he could just be talking about Jaden Gibson. Which would be great. The four-star wide receiver out of Florida would be. Uh, and again, I know that you're thinking that's going to happen. Uh, he's announcing on Wednesday, and you think it's going to be OU, correct? I do. Well, he's, I, I think his plan is to announce tomorrow, actually. Okay. So I had heard Wednesday, so tomorrow. Could be uh, could be Chris McClellan, maybe? Yeah, maybe. could be. Although, yeah, yeah. who knows? Who knows? It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> Jaron Kanak. Could be Jaron Kanak. The linebacker for Kansas who was committed to Clemson. There are so many possibilities. There are um, a lot of possibilities out there. All right, uh, Porter Bozer, ladies and gentlemen, and the Sooners again won a, a big game against Arkansas over the weekend. Great atmosphere. The BOK Center was rocking. The Arkansas fans showed up in droves. The Sooner fans did a pretty good job as well. I heard it was about 70-30 uh, Arkansas fans to Oklahoma fans, but it had an NCAA tournament game kind of atmosphere, and Oklahoma wins 88-66. to All five starters in double figures. Elijah Harkless, 21 points and 11 rebounds. Uh, I thought just about everybody played really well for the Sooners. Uh, Eric Musselman got ejected with three and a half minutes left. Oklahoma just put the defensive clamps on the Razorbacks in that game. Porter Moser afterwards on the uh, Sooner broadcast with Toby Rowland said he loved the bounce back by his team after the Butler loss. You know, for our guys, for the last 72 hours, we were, you know, this is what, you know, just even beyond life is how you respond when things don't go your way. We were we were sick. We you know we had uh, the Butler game the 13. We we got back together and we just talked about why. And then they went to work. Man, we practiced hard the last two days. It was and uh, even this morning at the hotel and they were locked in and um, I thought they gave a great effort. There were so many plays of growth. You know I thought Jordan Goldwire made so many good basketball plays. 
Um, we, you know, Tanner Groves was so loud. His communication was off the charts defensively because they do a lot of different stuff, some random ball screens, and I thought that was really good. They shot 27% of the second half. I thought EJ and Jalen, really, I haven't looked at the rebounding numbers, but I'm going there right now. I knew it. Harkless had 11 and Jalen had 8. Those two really, uh, we challenged the guards that we're going to have to have all hands on deck to rebound because they're such an elite rebounding team. And uh, so we did, a, we did a lot of things to put us in a position to win. There you go. Uh, Porter Moser and the Sooners next in action Sunday against UT Arlington at the Lloyd Noble Center. That's a 2 o'clock tip. And Baylor is back as the number one team in the country, defending national champion. Baylor beat Villanova yesterday. Villanova, 36 points. 57 of 36 was the final in that game. Baylor's a really good basketball team, Mike. Baylor's a really good basketball team. Yeah, they're good, all right. They'd certainly look in the part of a defending national champion. Pretty good. How about Iowa State now, 10 and 0 in a year? Who saw that coming? Bounce back season That's for Iowa State. That's maybe the biggest eye-opening surprise of this entire season, brief as it's been in college basketball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, thought that that team was going to be 10 and 0. How many games did they win last year? They might have already eclipsed their win total from all of last season. I think they did. Let me see. Let me go back to last year's standings and uh, check it out. So Iowa State last year, and they're 10 and 0 in the season. I know they went winless in Big 12 play. Iowa I know State that much. finished, oh, yeah, 2 and 22. 2 and 22. Mm hmm. And now they're 10-0. and 0 Pretty amazing. Under T.J. Otzelberger. That man deserves Coach of the Year. Already. So far, yeah, I'm already casting my ballot. Can't argue with that. I am casting my ballot right here, right now, on December 13th. T.J. Otzelberger is Coach of the Year. Okay, uh, the Sooners staff again, we're waiting on how many more hires does uh, Brent have? He's got Jeff Levy, he's got Ted Roop, Bill Biedenboe, DeMarco Murray, Joe John Finley, Cale Gundy, Miguel Chavis. Uh, Brandon Hall, who was the defense coordinator at Troy, coming to join the staff. We know uh, Thad Turnipseed is the uh, director of player development and will be uh, his right-hand man. Uh, so how many assistants jobs do you think are out? Too many too, or too, two more on-field positions. Okay. We've got two on-field positions, and then as far as like analysts and guys that are serving in off-field capacity, who knows? People were freaking a little bit when Ted Roof was named the D.C. They were. But and I think those people are looking at things from a bit of a myopic perspective because it's Brent Venables' defense. Yes. Brent Venables' fingerprints are going to be all over this defense. It, even if Ted Roof in title is your defensive coordinator, Brent Venables in practice is your defensive coordinator. Yes. And when I say in practice, I mean that like tangibly speaking, not as in he's only defensive coordinator during practice. No, Brent Venables is going to be the guy that more than anyone else is calling the shots defensively for the Sooners. Okay, so by the end of the day, will we have uh, more recruiting news? I would venture to guess you will have more recruiting news, and it will be positive news. And uh, you're saying that Jaden Gibson is announcing tomorrow, though, right? Yes. So you're thinking that is the current plan. Who do you think it'll be? I, I, I have I not made that clear. I think it's Oklahoma. I think he's no. I'm talking about, but if he's announcing tomorrow, I'm talking about at the end of the day today, where there'll be more news. I mean, guys to watch. 
Alton Tarver is at the top of that list right now. Decommit from Georgia Tech. That's Defensive right. lineman. You can throw Deshaun Brown in that conversation. D lineman Choctaw. I think those are the two right now that I would stay dialed in. Another guy, another guy. This is a bit of a dark horse. Netuwamea Zulu, the offensive lineman from Allen, Texas. All right. So far, it's been a positive day for Sooner fans out there. Folks, we appreciate you tuning in. Our thanks again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Get it to uh, get out to Riverwind, play with your wild card. Get the extra entries today up until tomorrow at midnight for the $60,000 Rudolph's Riches promotion. We've got the rush coming up next. Have a great rest of your Monday. Do you want to do it every